The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello once again, Sue Rose Minahan at Talk Cosmos. This is the fourth week of Gemini. Gemini connects spirit and matter. We've talked about the twins, Castor and Pollux, one mortal, one immortal. Their entire legacy was really matching time together in Hades, which is the underworld, and in Olympus, in the upper world. So we continue. Tonight we're speaking of communication again, which links spirit and matter with language and ultimately going towards an esoteric consideration when I introduce my wonderful speaker guest friend tonight. I'm going to just give a brief idea of a few thoughts linking up into this because I'm going to learn as much as you perhaps about esoteric astrology, which fascinates and really does give that conception of spirit. But writing, we remember, began as we know it in Sumeria, which is 5,500 years ago in the Euphrates-Tigris rivers. And at that time, writing was not what we necessarily think of it. It was quite a flexible, Gemini, remember, is flexible because writing is a communication. It went from left to right, right to left, in columns, from left to right, up and down, down to up. There were many, many different ways. The Phoenicians actually took it from ideas symbolized by these characters into sounds, giving us an alphabet. And language is all symbolic. I think we need to remember everything we're talking about right now is energy, essentially, that never gets destroyed, always gets reformed. And it's a symbolic life that we're dealing with, particularly with astrology. And again, for those people that may have clued into our first talk, this is about the archetypes. So Gemini is about Mercury or Hermes and the planet Mercury as such, the physical, the third house, and Gemini, the twins. And speaking of the alphabet and language because it brings out language again which is meaningfulness and it's symbolic of thought symbolic of speech symbolic of writing the scribes were prestigious as their legacy as their contribution uh, the, the, the people would communication learning was important so I have two thoughts that I will add to this before I give an idea of our guest and her great experience and knowledge about this area, is that the ancients felt that laughter was essential before prayer for the very reason that it alters our perception. And it really links into the loving attitude. How can we laugh? Essentially, there's all kinds of laughter, of course. Motive makes a big difference. But eventually it does shift that heart energy 
air, I've been reminded, carries water. Heat changes the air quality from accepting the moisture into the clouds and then dumping the rain. Water is represented as emotion. It's heart, connecting to heart. It's another thinking process. It's not just the mental. So tonight, I could go on with all kinds of details, but I think I would rather explain about Marie O'Neill, who is from Santa Rosa, California, an evolutionary astrologer, a master level through the Stephen Forrest Apprentices Program, also with esoteric astrology with Alan Oaken. Marie is a life coach, a past life regression coach. She teaches at numerous places, just here at UAC, which is the United Astrology Conference that was held every four to six years in, in Chicago. It's a big deal. NORWAC, which is right here in Seattle, Northwest Astrology Conference. The EA Zoom, which is Evolutionary Astrology, which is online for those of you that want to check that out. It's wonderful with many teachers. And Kepler College, located here, an online astrology uh, college. And today, in fact, she just spoke at the NCGR in Sacramento. And she has a, uh, a, a website uh, and, and capacity of Padma Life Coaching. So, Marie, hello, hello, hello. Hello, Sue. Thank <laughs> you for having me on your show. Well, this de- is a treat. Yes, I'm delighted. We've enjoyed so many times before you moved away to lovely Santa Rosa. So this is a <laughs> wonderful time to reconnect. And I was so glad that you, when I asked you about which direction to go with um, that interested you, and you said esoteric, and that Venus rules esoteric astrology. I've delved throughout the years a little bit into esoteric astrology. I love Alan Oaken's perception and and I know it has to do with many elements and as I realize with Venus, the heart as I've expressed, but I'm ready to hear really uh, thoughts from yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I hope this is a conversation. Yes, yes, yes. I will. I will. But I must say that the Theosophical Library was closed, so I didn't get a chance to brainstorm. And I think I have a pretty good idea of Venus. I love this, like I say, with the heart. But it will be a conversation. All right. Well, yeah, this is good. Now, Venus is on the esoteric side of things. Venus is the ruler of Gemini, whereas Mercury on the exoteric side, side is the ruler of Gemini. When I talk about or when I speak about exoteric and esoteric, it's not a versus type thing. Exoteric is the personality-based astrology, which is the astrology that 99% of us practice. Actually, 100% of us practice Mm. exoteric astrology. When we're looking at esoteric astrology, we're looking at soul-centered astrology. There is, the difference is, as I said before, exoteric is personality-centered, meaning it is where we begin. When we begin, when we began our incarnations or our life, we are learning about 
how we do relationship, how we uh, take care of our money, our finances, how we deal with our friends and, and that sort of thing. We're basically dealing with our personal life in relationship to outside influences, but it's it's just basically about us. It's more a person-centered way of looking at things or looking at our lives. When we're dealing with esoteric astrology, the personality is still there or still here. It's just doing the bidding of the soul or the higher mind. I mean, depending on your belief system, some belief systems don't use the term soul. Some use higher mind Mm. and others use the term soul. In this case, the soul is, has taken the reins, so to speak, and is directing the personality rather than the personality directing the life Mm. as a whole. That is, in my opinion, the best way for me to describe it uh, to the audience. And it doesn't mean that if you're working with the personality, you don't have a soul. It, It doesn't mean that at all. It's just that at some point in our lives, we evolve our consciousness to a point where we are using our personality for the benefit of humanity and the soul is driving the personality. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And as you were saying before, it just connects so well with Gemini because it really always, to me, has the elements of spirit and matter. You know, the, Uh the whole need, I mean, right back to Hermes to begin with and Mercury with the that he held with the snakes and the and the life um, being the messenger between without boundaries you know going below above right because with when mercury is ruling gemini mercury is and gemini being ruled by mercury is about perception it's that's the ultimate goal really it's perception it's seeing it's experiencing, it's, it's learning through experiencing life or watching other people experience life. It is, yes, that language mental, is, yeah. mm-hmm, the mental, the thought is, is a part of it and language is of course a part of it. But remember with Mercury being the ruler of Gemini, we become more the journalist. Ah. The because the we right we want facts. Mm. It doesn't really matter whether those facts are true or false. It's about facts. It's about information. Okay. So they so they work together. This is what I'm really getting the drift of it. That it 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 is a harmony of of unity. And perhaps this would ring bells. And you can let me know. But I was noticing an uplift, which I get in my email. And a woman, let's see who's her name, uh, Johanna Bassett. She wrote about how to start thinking with the heart. And just the n- neurobiology of the heart is so many factors. Uh, and it, 
essentially, so this whole thinking of, of thinking with the heart, really, more fibers lead from the heart than to the to the brain than from mm-hmm. it. So, in other words, the communication being sent to the brain is more than being received. That the heart beat in the unborn fetus before the brain even formed, and that we have an emotional brain long before the rational one, and it has an independent complex nervous system known as the brain and the heart, and that it creates this level of, I'm jotting down the notes from this uh, article, in the body just through its rhythm. But finally, this is what really excites me, the electromagnetic field of the heart 60 times greater in amplitude than the brain. So it permeates, Mm -hmm. yeah, every cell. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people say, well, there's auras and there's vibes and et cetera, but just physiologically that it's, you know, it's saying that it can be detected. So I'm realizing what, you know, if we think of the heart as Venus and as our, that love blends and is that essential emotional current that air can hold and uh, it supports exactly what you're saying, this, this dialogue, this communication, mm-hmm. you know, between the, uh, okay, Sue, where's my notes here? Exactly what you were saying. Yeah, exactly about, <laughs> yeah, personality and soul. A lot like we, we have a spirit, we're a spirit with a body rather than a body with a spirit, somewhat. Maybe. Yeah, we basically with with the heart the mind it's interesting because in buddhism the mind is not in the brain that's you you would think that it would be but it's not right. i mean yes. the mind is actually in the heart yes and yes. with with venus of course when we're looking at venus on the exoteric level we are looking at um the heart we're looking you know we're looking at relationships we're looking at um uh, love and and that's in that form well love period yes. and venus is about that but venus is the reason that venus rules gemini on the esoteric level is because you know gemini deals with opposites and this is why we can usually argue both sides of a, a point, because we do deal with opposites. With, but it doesn't. The opposites stay opposite mm. with when Mercury is ruling Gemini, because it's just about the information. With Venus, Venus is about synthesis, about marriage marrying those opposites to come up with a third more economical or mm, optimal uh, way of being. So when we're dealing with, say, an opposition in a chart, we are looking at, in the mercurial way, we're looking at this or that. Whereas Venus is saying this and that become a third. Okay. The unity of yeah, see. yeah, yes, it's, it's yes. the unity rather than polarity. And, yes, right, rather than polarity. So this is why Venus becomes the ruler of Gemini on the esoteric level. It takes it to a higher purpose because remember, 
we had Aries and Taurus before Gemini. So Gemini is taking mm-hmm. the the form that Taurus has created and uh, you know putting you know putting it the mind to it and putting thought to it and words and and making it so that we can communicate. But because we're doing this, we can um, in with Mercury, we are just gathering. We're just gathering information and lang- through language, but it's not necessarily knowledge. Uh, whereas Venus comes in, and when we create that third entity, we do gather knowledge. Because remember, Gemini is basically the dictionary, right? It is information. Whereas if we look at the opposite of Gemini, which is Sagittarius, it is the encyclopedia. And well, I shouldn't have probably brought no. that in there. No, but no, no, no. Just... Polarity. Well, there you go. No, I absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially with this talk, I include the opposite because it is, again, just as you're saying, a synthesis of an axis. You know, one mm-hmm. has strengths and the other doesn't. And so it's just totally on board. But, you know, I'm realizing as you speak that it is a matter of language because in my heart and mind, I often think of the two connecting as a synthesis. But then I realize as listening to it, because it's always a matter of how things are, words are symbolic, as we were saying, or I was saying of, of, of um, designating a whole echelon of, of, of conceptual thought. thought, And so... Uh, and language uh, evolves, you know, and I was, well, I'll bring this up as a few facts, how they relate, but in my research of language, it was like just in the last 500 years, half of of the linguistic uh, languages have gone away. So, mm. yeah, and what happens is in, in always when people migrate and, or, my, in fact, my father, he came from Norway and um, as a little boy. So, but the point is, so, I mean, I have some reference there. It's, it's, it's personal. I mean, I can have some identity. But with learning new languages. And, uh, but it simplifies. Grammar simplifies in order to, like, his mother didn't necessarily speak as much English. Of course, he knew a little of each. And, of course, I didn't even know he spoke Norwegian until... I took care of him before he died. I was like, wowie. And uh, so we have this lack. Language is changing all the time, becoming new meanings, meaning that, and it travels for a long time. So here I'm listening to the esoteric concept of Venus, which, because I never think of Gemini just purely as factual. I, I know it does identify, of course, and of course, it could be my own chart, the way I'm, I'm so, with my own perception. So it's always a, a factor to try to figure that one out. But, I mean, to see it clearly is what I'm saying. But this idea of Venus, even if, if that's what we call it, the esoteric factor of Gemini, whether it's not really Castor and, and Pollux or, or Hermes with his Caduceus or however, but bringing in this love factor for synthesis because what is thought that doesn't have compassion? 
Right, right. And then remember, well, I don't know if the audience is aware, um, you know, we're dealing with, mm, what do you call it, love wisdom. Mm. Uh, it's Gemini is, or Venus is a uh, fifth ray planet, but um, Gemini is a, you know, a second ray, which is about love. It's about love wisdom. But with, you know, with, like I said, with Gemini, because we're dealing with um, the need to perceive, we, Gemini uses language to gather information. It is, but it's perceiving through all of the senses. Yeah. Whether it's touching, seeing, feeling, its, it's ultimate goal is to perceive that's why it exists and it's but it's making no judgment yes it's the catalyst that is untouched in that case in a sense i like how you're bringing in definitely the senses that supports venus and it brings in the second house which of course it's coming from so it uses that resource and in a new form you know a new tool mm -hmm. So it all relates, and it's important. It for, really does. Because uh, many listening are astrologers and different levels, but then there's many that do not, and so we, it's like a language here sharing with people that we look to what we came from to build and as we prepare for the next. Well, Venus. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, we have uh, several minutes here, or several time here. If you would expound a bit more about the ray, the whether it's the fifth ray of Venus or the second ray of Gemini, about the love of wisdom? Well, the rays are basically energy. And if you, um, they're the energy that is coming from our solar system. And they come down through the planets and imbue the planets with, um, with, uh, with essence, they come through the signs, and then they come down to us uh, here through, you know, through the planets and the signs. And it's a, it's a pretty big topic. Yes. When we're talking about the rays, but with, when we are referring to them, and we're talking about Gemini, and we're talking about love, basically we're, we're looking at our Earth plane. Uh, and we're looking at our uh, planetary solar system, which is really all about love. That's that. That's really all there is is love. <laughs> it's just how we um, get to the core of it. How we actually um, get to ultimate love, which we could talk about. Uh, there's various degrees of love based on our level of consciousness and our ultimate goal is to um, elevate our consciousness to achieve enlightenment so to speak and with venus and with gemini together they're unique and that they together you think about when we go back to uh, Pollux and Castor being twins. 
but they were born from the same mother, but two different fathers. Yes. And the story there, the love that the brothers had for each other um, caused one brother to give up part of his immortality so that the other brother could live. This was very selfless, and it uh, ultimately helped humanity because remember these two brothers were also there with the birth of Venus when you you know um, uh, when you look at the story of Venus's birth out of the water but anyway the point is with the rays especially with the ray of the second ray it is all about love and that is what we humans are about now how we get to that love is another story but when you look at Gemini um, uh, Gemini is the sign that can go either or you know um, it can go into the underworld or it can go to uh, it's the only sign actually or Mercury Mercury is the only sign that can go into the underworld yeah, I think really when it comes to love, it is part of that underworld. You have to, for, for, the, for the levels of love, it requires a death. I know that in France they say the little death, and that is on a sexual basis in a way, but not really is that spiritual unity, if I'm gathering that right. But, but mm-hmm. regardless, it's like those levels of love is assigned, I don't know if assigned, I was thinking of aligned, um, with stratas of hmm, um, self and their empowerment. In other words, it Mm -hmm. it gets so involved with who's in charge and not that Mm -hmm. one has to be one or the other because it's a correlation between self and life and however we manifest it. Right. So in many ways, it is that story where people can go plowing forward in their merry way, such as the brothers did, and getting in a battle and then distraught. Mm-hmm. Well, so we do, and we have to give something up. We have to, which is, right. yeah, and, it, and if we think of it as a material, oh, oh but rather than a, a, an elevation of, of uh, and connection of wholeness, this synthesis mm-hmm. factor. Yes, I really do. Right, right. <laughs> and then if you look at the, look at the tarot card, the in the major arcana number six it's the lover's card that is about really it's about unifying unconscious and conscious mind oh unifying two two opposites okay it's a gemini it's a gemini card well we will come right back to that let me give a little promo before the announcement because at this is perfect timing at the very soon after the announcement, the lines will open up if anybody has questions or if they're inspired. If you have an astrological question, that's fine. Or if you want to chip, share your great thoughts about what we've been talking about, and that number is 888-298-5569. And I'll repeat that. This is 1150 KKNW based out of Seattle, but it is 888-298-5569.
While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Hello, my name is John Talevich. I'm a chiropractic doctor, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Hi, Marie. We're back again. And for folks Hi. Yeah, out there, once again, the number is 888-298-5569. But otherwise, Marie and I are happy to continue talking. Marie, do you have the, well, for the chart today, I'm thinking the lover's card, the unity, as you were just ready to uh, interact with that. Because right now today, here in Seattle, probably down where you are too in Santa Rosa, West Coast, um, is the third house has the south node with Mars and it's opposite, mm-hmm. of course, Venus. And it seems like, and of course it's squared by Uranus. But what you're talking about is very significant for what everybody is really contemplating, not even contemplating what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. This is true. Um, We do, you know, when you're looking at the third house with Mars, it's, of course, time to assert yourself, basically. And um, but of course, this needs to be done in a uh, let's see, in a good way, so to speak, (laughs) not walking all over people, but. Uh, when I look, when I think about Mars in the third house, and we're looking at uh, how you're communicating, uh, it's you know we're looking at it being opposed, like you said, by the Moon, um, Venus, and the North Node. But therein lies when you look at both sides of this, you can you know we could look at it as doing just the Mars side or the Venus side. But what happens if you bring those two together? Because in the ninth house, this is a Jupiter house, so we're looking at higher thought. We're looking at religion. We're looking at being the Venus is in Venus, the North Node, and the Moon are in Leo. So it's about the self and what you believe, and it's and it is speaking your truth. On the other side of that, though, we're looking at the collective, where we've come from the uh, individuation and being uniquely yourself. So when you marry those two together, what do you get? Uh, there is, if you marry those, then you can be uniquely you and speak your truth versus having to do one or the other. And speaking is important since Jupiter involves and that does concern really expressing one's truth back to the lover's card would you like you started really just on a roll about that and uh because of the unity involved and i was 
thinking of a chart just right now that's asking for unity because it is opposed. And for those people that mm-hmm. aren't astrologers, when it's opposed, that means 180 degrees across the horoscope. Mm-hmm. And it means that it's the furthest away so that we're aware of it. We're looking at it. Right. And then when you're looking at the nodes, which are the nodes of the moon, we're not able to actually achieve the goal of the north node, which in this case is in the ninth house alongside the moon and Venus. We're not actually able to achieve that goal unless we work with or work through the issues of the south node, which in this case is in the third house in Aquarius. So, but that third house south node is also a gift. It's something that we came in with to work with. And so what I find is with the, with the lover's card, which is Gemini, when I am working on an issue, whether it's this opposition that we're looking at in the chart or any issue, issue it's never about... It's never about one or the other or being right or wrong. It's about marrying the opposites. Mm. It's about uh, synthesizing. Producing a a new Mm. uh, level, a a concept. of of, A concept, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And, and then when you look at the lover's card, remember... You've got the two beings, well, in the in the deck that I have been using, which is the uh, not Rider Waite, but the Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, Crawley, Crawley's oh, yes, deck. Yes, yes. Um, you have the two beings being married by Hermes. Mm. And, and yes, and this is, you know, you've got black, white, you've got... Yin Yang, uh, con- which, yin yang yeah, which were the stars versus- in China for politics. Mm-hmm. Yes, term- the consciousness versus subconsciousness. And so when we look at that card, we have to look at what is synthesis. I mean, when you're, uh, for those uh, who are in relationship, Ooh, you, know, you can have an argument with your mate. Yes. We have a caller. We have somebody that oh, we would do. like. Yes. Do you have your astrology? You can. We'll both pull up the chart. Two. I see. So he's got the, you know, the class that I just taught today was on the decanate too. And I see where he has uh, 25 degrees of Gemini. So he's the third decanate of Gemini, oh, which is quite fascinating. I might have this wrong. I've got August 20th, 1977 at 4.45 oh, p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've got some wrong cities. Darn it. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. Let me just go back. Yeah. Yeah. August 20th. Oh, I see. I have not. I have. Oh. Well, what is your question while I'm doing this? Be free to. Sure. No problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just listening to the conversation and the energies. And, um, you know, I happen to believe that I have a little bit of uh, Mercury, uh, you know, Leo qualities in me. And, uh, you know, in this time right now, with you know, so many conscious minds and levels you know, being awakened, um, what is your take this year, being a 2018 year, uh, of two conscious souls coming together, a twin flame, if you will, uh, for a union, right, on November 11th? Uh, 11/11. Okay. 
You know what? I'm. Can you hear Adon really clearly? I'm having a little trouble. Yeah, can you? I was having a difficult time. Try speaking. Now, first of all, may I ask you, Adon, are you talking about your astrology chart or just in general? Okay. So if you would once again and just speak real. Sometimes the cell phones are just a little cranky, I guess. Sorry about that. But ask a little more clearly and just wet your question again. All right, thanks. Yeah. So I just wanted to take your your perspective on the energies, uh, you know, of my energies, the reading, um, you know, conscious level, and two twin flames coming together on this November 11th from an energetic... Two twins coming together... I'm yeah, not sure. Two twin saying. flames. Yeah. Two. Are you saying two? Are you saying that you are looking for a mate, or are you getting married? Right. No. The, those. Yeah. Uh, two twin flames coming together this November 11th. How is it from the cosmos perspective? Is it how energetic will that be, or can that be? Well, I guess what we need to know, and pardon our questioning here, but. You have somebody that you consider of twin flame. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Right. And you have a plan already November 20th to get together. Is that correct? Uh, no, November 11th. Oh, November 11th. Okay, yeah, Veterans November 11th. Okay. So you're looking to actually get married on that date. Right. Oh, Okay, that's 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 basically <laughs> yeah, I think that's the All question. Right. Now, that is actually beyond the scope of this particular talk. Now, to determine uh what you're looking for is a relationship chart, uh mm. which would be a composite chart uh between mm. the two of you. Um and uh, we, you know, that can always be done, but that is something that uh, would be quite different than what we're talking about today. Mm, we might be able to say just for yourself, some energy. Now, is this going to have a relocation for both of you or do you both live in the same city? Where do you live right now in Seattle? Oh, yeah. No, it's Seattle. Yeah, here in the Seattle area. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you were wondering about the compatibility. Is there, is it that particular, well, do you have another question that might relate for that date for yourself? I mean, would yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, not for you that know, date, but, but for, no, um, for yeah. yeah. For me, yeah, just for me, my, my energy or my, yeah, my, my cosmos, if you will, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So what would yeah. you have to ask about your own life at this moment energetically or? Yeah. Yeah, just where I'm sitting at these days for my my son. Well, I understand, but you have like you have a choice that you're trying to make. I mean, rather than have me look at just generally, what is oh. it that you're wondering about your own energy? Yeah, just the, the you know the energy or the the changes that are to come in the next uh, few months for me and my sign, you know, the Leo. Oh, I uh, see. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's see. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting because when I look at your chart, you know, mm-hmm. you do see um, you've got some, well, it's true, you have some major changes coming up because Uranus, the planet of earthquakes and uh, lightning bolts, is just about to get in your house of home. 
And so mm-hmm. when you're looking at a marriage there, um, that that actually would be fitting. Now, mm-hmm. you have natally in your chart Venus in Venus, the planet of love. It is in the sign of cancer, which is a the sign of home. So home or or is and being in love is actually very important to you. Um, and, you know, you've got some, it's interesting, looking at, um, I, I, you're looking at November. Go ahead, I'm yeah, sorry. I have a question for you, Adon, because generally sure. I really, I know you're looking for things vaguely and we could do that, but I really need to get more specific. And what I'm wondering is, because I see that you are Leo, and that the eclipse last year probably affected you. How did that? How do you feel like that eclipse affected you? Because it was very close to your sun. It was uh, about twenty-eight degrees Leo, and you're twenty-seven degrees Leo. If I remember, it wasn't last year's the big American oh. total eclipse. So there's been it a lot. It was about twenty-seven, twenty-eight degrees. Yeah. So you had a lot yeah. of changes. What kind of changes have happened for you? Oh, in regards to the solar eclipse? Well, just since last summer. Oh, yeah, no, major, major changes. I mean, my world's been upside down yeah. uh, in a good way. You know, I knew that the you know, 11th degree in Leo uh, had a major impact on me. The way I view things have changed mm-hmm. tremendously, um, able to manifest things a lot quicker and see things for what they are. So, absolutely, big changes. Um, and they're all very positive, and they led me to where I am today, where, you know, I'm able to see uh, the energy fields of others and, you know, hence the twin flame that they changed from last year to this year. Um, yeah, I'm able to see things in a much uh, bigger perspective. Yeah. So I'm, because I'm also seeing as of today, interestingly, Jupiter is right conjunct your moon. So it would be a time that you would really be emotionally wondering about um, the greater uh, philosophy and the and the connections between you and this other person, because marriage is that really deep exchange of sharing a life to 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 create a better life. I mean, that sounds so mundane, but but the fact is that you're exchanging resources and building a new um, life giving force. Right. So you would have that. Um, and you know. It, 2018 being an 11 year, I thought it was really fitting, right? 11, 11, 11 situation, and, um, you know, very symbolic, I would think, um, to have that union now and that energy. Oh, I at see. This time. So you, you do think numbers, which would make mm-hmm. sense. You, you, do you study in, like, I see your son is in the eighth house. Do you have <sighs> special uh, disciplines that you like? Uh, on a personal shamanic uh, pathway of, of of connecting to energy. Uh, I well, I never really thought about it. I just, I'm just me being me. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you speak of numbers, I think, wow. Yeah. You know, you you are yeah. looking at life in that. Yeah, yeah I see the synchronicity. I get the messages, the downloads, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah everything revolves. <laughs> My world revolves around numbers. Yeah, if I see them, mm. uh, yeah. 
So we have maybe a minute or so. There, I mean, we don't have other people that are calling in, and then Maria and I will con- conclude things between ourselves. We really appreciate you calling, by the way. And again, I will say right now that if you have further questions, Marie is on. I mean, we are both accessible through Talk Cosmos. You can find access to both of us, and either of us would be glad to work with you in that relationship. Marie certainly can. Awesome. Um, No, thank you so much for taking my call. I just wanted to see how that, you know, the energy you were talking about, you know, and how my reading even takes. Uh, well, we can see, like Marie said, that relationships are important to you now, and so, and it is an emotional um, uh, life that you are really looking forward to share on a philosophical soulmate mm-hmm. consideration. But before we hang, I don't know if we have time here, but do you have something else that really is pertinent about wondering about your? Have we answered what you want, or do you have something else that you can... Oh, no. No, I think you've answered it. No, thank you so much. Okay. Marie, did you have something that you see that you want to... No, no. I think um, I th- it's fine. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on yes. getting married. Especially to a twin soul person that you feel so yeah. connected to. You know, in... in yeah. Uh, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, he's doing the marriage, the six lovers card... Literally, which is wonderful. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I yeah, can see so that, that meeting of the philosophy is very important for you, and so I wish you the very best. And if you do, a Don want to call back again, we'll hang up now. And thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> thank good you. Night. Good night. Hi, Marie. Well, that was interesting that we'd have a call that was actually on twin flames, thinking of all the Gemini thought that's so appropriate. It's just the energy coming mm-hmm. that is synchronistic when we're, which a word that we understand is just energy being attracted and in. So it, it, it's a beautiful Yeah, thing. it is. That is, that's wonderful. And I wish him all the luck in the world, and I know that, um, you know, he this is this is going to be fantastic for him. Yeah, you know, because this, looking at his yeah, go ahead. No, I was just thinking about uh, back to the chart just a little bit because you had said that Venus is the esoteric of the mutable cross. And, of course, Gemini is one of the mutable signs. And for those astrologers... Well, actually, mm-hmm. actually, she's the ruler of Gemini on any cross. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying earlier that it was the mutable cross. I was just thinking right now, it, everything's mutable. And it is a, a grand cross. There's... Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that's... yeah. It is. But that's, that's different when we're talking about esoteric uh, astrology. With so when we're looking at the different crosses, and we um, there's three crosses: the mutable, fixed, and cardinal cross. Yes, and we all start out. Yeah, we all start out on the mutable cross, which of course we're looking at the mutable signs. But it takes lifetimes. But why is it to mutable tr- to start when the horoscope starts at? I mean, I, I realize this is just one language, one way. In fact, I've realized that there were. I think in other cultures where it goes from fire to 
you know, it goes backwards. I mean, it goes from water to air to earth to fire rather right. than the Aries, you know, of fire. But why would it start on mutable? Because we're talking about consciousness and we're talking about uh, we're learning and growing and evolving and we, we're changeable at the beginning. And that is that's where we start. Um, that is and all of this information is available through the uh, through the Alice Bailey teachings and the Theosophical Society. I'm glad you brought but, that up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we start off with the mutable because we are. Um, oh, it's an impervia- impermeable we're, world. Yes. Right. But Energy. it takes lifetimes, many lifetimes to evolve past the mutable cross. And we and then we go and we really haven't touched on the different crosses today. This is something um, that might um, you know, it's very difficult to talk about it in just a Absolutely. few minutes. No esoteric. Yeah, esoteric astrology is a, it's just a deep it's as deep a subject as you know, whether you're studying Vedic astrology or evolutionary astrology. And actually, yeah, exoteric astrology can be used in tandem, and it should be used in tandem with traditional exoteric astrology. Okay, no, I agree with this. I like it. And then even on the the bit that we have discussed, it it, um, dovetails beautifully on so many different Mm -hmm. levels. I mean, you could express it again, and it is a language. So it is really a matter of understanding and translating. And, and again, as languages, you know, meanings change and they get simplified and ramified and all that good stuff. Um, because, but to pique my in- interest, if it was going to be a fixed cross, what sign might it be rather than Gemini? Would there be another sign that would be a fixed cross esoterically? Or can, is that a question? No, we're, that, that, that's something entirely different. Okay, scratch. Um, yeah, with, when you're talking about the fixed cross, you move based on, you move from the mutable cross to the fixed cross based on passing certain tests in life. It has nothing to do with where Gemini is or, or, or any of the other, any okay. of the other signs it's and like I said, it's lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, well, on each of these crosses. I, so, yeah. I do appreciate you you uh, helping <laughs> me under yes conclude that because tonight is about Gemini and tonight is beautifully introduced with Venus because as we sit right now, there's this powerful time ahead that we are experiencing now that's only going to deepen through the summer with this opposition between Mars and Venus with these lunar nodes, which is emotional, that there are fixed points. Mm-hmm. The nodes are not planets, as, as astrologers realize, but they, they, they're where we come from into this life and where we are integrating. Again, this entire, ver- very appropriate for a Gemini conversation because it is synthesis. It is integrating. It is bringing spirit and form together mm-hmm. and so yeah it is yeah and mars is getting ready to go retrograde too so yeah the action uh, will be more within be... Mm-hmm. exactly 
So with this male-female or yin-yang, this aggressive, receptive, all these ways of describing these energies that, that do require love and do require a, a, a shifting from our attachments, you might say. I don't know if atta- attachments could be used, but deaths of, of like that idea of the rebirth of going to Hades and, and coming back renewed. Which is actually very Geminine. You know, we don't think of it as on the surface, but then everything has its levels. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yes, it does. <laughs> and remember, Mercury is the planet or the uh, the uh, god that actually was able to free Persephone from mm-hmm. Hades. So Mercury is very important. You know, messenger of the gods. He can go between worlds and this is what Gemini does yes. to gather to to gather information and to perceive yes. and uh, and the yeah. trickster we have I think I'm going to have to now sign off but no I will not this is second but it is a trickster and laughter does shift laughter through the heart too with Venus and love that changes our whole perception that the ancient said to before we pray which is that conversation, that, that feeling that we have with our greater self, of greater life, however a person wants to d- describe it. Next week, we have Liz Mouchette. Once again, she started us off. She's an evolutionary astrologer here in Seattle, in the Seattle area, and she'll be returning. We'll talk about cancer, and I think we're going to talk about the moon and the phases, which has been great. And to remind people, if we do have archives on TalkCosmos.com. And thank you, Marie O'Neill Santa Rosa of Padma. Padma Life Coaching. Yes. Padma Life Coaching. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Sue, for having me on your show. It's a blessing. (laughs) Take care. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.